If you're a founder, you know that fundraising is a big part of the job. What you might not know is that Carta is there to help. Carta's new fundraising suite provides startups of all stages the best tools and support to easily issue safes, accurately forecast solution, and quickly close funding rounds. Save time, money, and make your next round your best yet. To learn more or to get started, go to carta.com forward slash fundraise. That's carta.com forward slash fundraise. Welcome to Inc.'s The Founders Project with Alexa Von Tobel. I'm Alexa, the founder of LearnBest, author of New York Times bestselling book, Financially Fearless, and second book, Financially Forward. I'm also the founder and managing partner of Inspired Capital, a venture firm focused on the entrepreneurs of the future. Each week, we sit down with a top founder to share their story of guts, inspiration, and drive. Hi, everybody. Thank you. So first of all, thank you guys so much. I'm Alexa Von Tobel. Uh, this week, I'm so excited to have Everett Cook, co-founder and CEO of Roe here today. You're getting an incredibly special preview as Roe is literally launching next week. So this is an entrepreneur who has raised some great capital. Um, I've been part of that journey with him and so really excited about the future of what Roe is here to build. Everett and his co-founder Alex are building a neobank for small business. So let's first just welcome Everett, welcome. Hi, thank you. So again, this is a special edition of Inc. The Founders Project with Alexa Von Tobel. Uh, so I met Everett eight years ago um, and what I want to just tell everybody, one thing that really exists is this incredible pattern recognition. When you meet a great entrepreneur, they have something tenacious. So I just wanted to start by just letting Everett explain to everybody what Roe is, why he has set out to build it, and give everybody a little bit of your background. Thanks, Alexa. Yeah, it's been great to you know have you along for the journey um, and leading us. So uh, we started Roe about a year ago with my partner and I. My background was in finance. Uh, I was a portfolio manager and led research at a number of hedge funds and left that world about a year and a half ago not totally sure what I wanted to do, but knowing that I wanted to build something in finance and fintech, that had a real impact. I took a sort of deliberate period of around, around three months to really like go through as much of the market as possible and try to figure out you know, where there was the biggest opportunity to like really make an impact on people's lives and on customers' lives and find that place where you know, what, what existed in the market and what people really expected from a, you know, a business in 2020, 2019, really didn't, was a gap. Around the same time, I met my partner Alex, and he was kind of in a similar journey in his, uh, in his life. He, he was chief product officer at a large tech company. He had started and sold several businesses. And whereas I was looking at the market from like a very like analytical point of view, it's kind of the way that I think about things, uh, he had experienced that sort of real time as he uh, started and built businesses and uh, you know, managed the finances of those as an entrepreneur, not as a CFO or anything like that. And the, the two of us got together and basically we, we formed Roe. We realized that business banking was just this incredibly like needlessly complicated and challenging thing for a lot of entrepreneurs. It didn't have to be that way. Technology allowed it to not be that way now. And we felt like there was an opportunity to really just, uh, just make a difference in that space. So we started about a year ago and, and here we are and uh, next week we're launching. So can you just quickly first tell everybody, um, what does Roe mean? What does it stand for? And it's spelled R-H-O, so R-H-O. Yeah. And I, when I met him, I said, you have to tell me, what does Roe mean? Uh, so yeah, so Roe in finance math kind of denotes interest. Uh, it denotes the change of something with the change of interest. And uh, that's how we think about you know, our customers, is like we're, we're trying to help them get the best rates, get the best value out of their banking. And, and we're really like aligned with them and committed to that. So that's a lot of what we do. 
So Everett, as somebody who's set out, can you give everybody a sense of how much financing you've already raised to date, where you are? Everybody now knows you're launching next week, which is really exciting. Uh, we can't wait to see what Roe can do. But get a, give everybody a sense of kind of where you are in your financing journey and how many millions you've raised to date. Yeah, so uh, we've raised approximately $5 million to date. Alexa has, uh, and her firm has been a part of that uh, and leading that, that round. And uh, yeah. The next question, as an entrepreneur, uh, you often end up narrowing in um, on something that you're really passionate about. How did you and your, uh, your co-founder, Alex, end up on small business banking, of all things? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a really interesting and sort of like deliberate journey. For us, Alex had lived the pain of small business banking multiple times. He started three different companies, sold them. Uh, and for me, like... Uh, we lived it when we were starting our business, when we were setting up our company. And as we were like journeying through the market, we, we realized that when doing customer surveys and doing like customer feedback, we realized that like kind of nine out of 10 business owners that we spoke to just really had like a mediocre at best experience with their business bank. And, and for us, that felt like a real opportunity to create change. In my prior world, when I was at Northwestern Mutual, we were an investor in Chime, uh, which is one of the fastest growing consumer banks. And I think one of the things that we got really excited about when we thought about Roe was Chime as a bank ended up you know, accumulating millions of customers. One of the things that we love is that the problem for small business banking is just the same, right? You want a fully modern technology stack, forward-looking customer experience, you want mobile first, all of the things that you would expect from technology and you know, call it 2020. And we sort of saw this big opening and said, you know what, we really believe that this should exist for small business as well. When you're a small business owner, uh, and having been one myself multiple times now, you really care about having a great digital first experience. And so we had actually been proactively looking at the category and we're really excited to say this is an obvious place where if you think about the big incumbents, the Silicon Valley banks of the world, they don't have great technology. It's not a place where they're majorly investing in terms of building a digital first experience. So it was a bit of a match made in heaven as we yeah. as a firm were really excited about looking for the category. And then we met Everett and Alex who were really passionate about building it. Anything else you would want people to know about as you kind of evolved to say, let's go build Row? What was the moment of truth where you're like, all right, this is happening? Yeah, I mean, I think that it was- personal moment of truth. Personal moment for us, actually, yeah, there's a, uh, there was literally a moment. Alex and I were driving from San Francisco to LA and we had met with uh, a number of investors and we're still like in that very early phase where we were trying to figure out exactly what we wanted to do. Um, so this was very like early, like almost a year ago. And we had started building some stuff and, and sort of understood that we wanted to be in fintech. We viewed the change in banking as something that is happening, right? No longer will like the bank with the most branches on the corner win. It's gonna be the bank with like the most technology, the best service uh, that understands their customers. Uh, and you guys have a choice, right? You no longer have to, are like stuck with the person that you, have to, you can walk to. That's a huge change. That didn't exist five, seven years ago. So for us, like as we started, we really understood that and we were trying to debate between all right, do we build like a, you know, an awesome consumer bank that is just really like technologically interesting and does all those things that we kind of hope we wanted as a consumer? And, uh, and we just started talking about how like our business bank kind of works today. We had a business bank account. And, and that combined with like all the like kind of discussions we had had with other entrepreneurs and other entrepreneurs we would go to and we would talk to them about like consumer stuff. And they would say, that's, yeah, interesting. But like what really needs fixing is my business bank account. Like it's really, you know, where I have the most headache, where I spend the most, most of my time in the day. And, uh, and it's like, it's a huge pain point for me. Um, and so we had heard that a, a bunch of times over, over a period of time. And as we were driving, it's like long, you know, four hour drive. We, uh, 
and a light bulb kind of hit for both of us, and we realized like this is really what we need to go after. This is what's going to have the biggest impact on uh, you know people whose lives we care about. So. So one of the things that really impressed us at Inspired Capital as we looked at Roe was the technology and product vision and how forward thinking they were. Can you give everybody a sense of just how you thought about building that true customer first experience for that small business owner? Uh, completely. So we try to think about like building, building with like a mind for the future, right? So um, we're always thinking six, 12 months ahead of like what, whatever you're going to see live. But for us, like it's, you know, it's a combination of human and digital. And that's really something that you know, regardless how much technology we, we build, regardless how like good our product is and how kind of self-service it is, we don't think anybody like should be trusting their businesses' finances and you know the payroll of their employees and the relationships with their vendors to like a faceless, nameless platform. Like I, I don't, I wouldn't do that if I were a small business owner. I am, and uh, I, and um, we wouldn't expect you guys to do that. So, um, so for us, it was you know figuring out how to marry sort of human and digital, building a platform that you never have to talk to anybody. But if you want to, they're there. And then thinking about like, okay, how do we start with you know, what everybody needs, which is managing your deposits, managing your payments, you know, making that super simple, like really easy onboarding, really easy like lack of you know, uh, sort of complicated things where you have to go back and forth to the bank three times you know, over the course of two days, which happened to us the first time we were setting up our, our own account. And from there, like, where do we go? Next, and, and for us, like you know, our vision of the future is kind of you know intelligent, programmable money, where you really don't have to spend time in the bank account. It kind of is you know is understanding your business data, understanding like your your cash flow needs in the future, and, and managing around that. And you're interacting with it like through interfaces like Slack or text or you know your your medium of choice. So you're not really inside the bank. So that's sort of the direction that we're headed, and, and what we're planning for in the future. So thinking about sort of the bank of the future, that includes things like better data so you better understand how to run your business and better understand your own cash flow management so that you actually have some real intelligence on top of that platform all the way to um, the communication of the future. You can integrate with things like Slack, text, et cetera. That's exactly what you want to do. You want to be able to quickly get things solved. Yeah, nobody wants to spend like hours on their bank website. Nobody to does, zero. Out. So Everett, knowing that obviously we believe deeply in security and protecting people's money and uh, taking care of Americans, um, talk us through a little bit about uh, what Roe will have in terms of full regulatory support and what that process was like. So yeah. first, what does Roe offer? Yeah, totally. So for us, you know, we are uh, 100% of our deposits set in FDIC insured accounts uh, at a network of banks uh, across the country. Our checking account is insured up to $250,000. Our cash management or treasury account is insured up to $10 million. Um, so if you're like a, you know, reasonably sized uh, startup, uh, all your funds are protected uh, by, you know, by the FDIC. The way that we do that is we partner with banks and sort of uh, build relationships there um, that take advantage of, of that. So we work with a lot of different banks to be able to, to do that. And that's, um, you know, your question about like how, how was that process? Uh, it was, uh, you know, it took time. Like we had to like, we have to build those relationships. We have to build that trust. Um, they have to be comfortable with everything that we're doing. We have to be comfortable with everything that they're doing. You know, but ultimately, we can try to sort of tie that together into one experience, and you can know that like your, you know, your funds, your business's funds are as safe as you know anything else that the U.S. government guarantees. That's wonderful. And with that, we'll be right back after this. Alexa here. Not only do I get the opportunity to speak with all types of founders on, for starters, but I'm a repeat founder myself. We all know how vital fundraising is to a startup. Carden knows this too. That's why they had founders in mind when they created their fundraising suite. 
providing tools and support to take the friction out of fundraising. They save founders time and money, allowing you to focus on your goals, not the admin work needed to close around. From simply issuing safes to quickly receiving funds, Carta Fundraising Suites helps their cap table customers raise a better fundraising round. To learn more or to get started, go to carta.com forward slash fundraise. That's carta.com forward slash fundraise. So really quickly, um, let's shift gears a little bit to um, you know the, this big moment you're launching next week. Yeah, that's a big moment for all entrepreneurs. Yeah, it's, uh, How are you feeling about that? Uh, good, a little tired, but uh, <laughs> you know, uh, no, we're we're really excited. Yeah, we're launching with great partners, and uh, we've been working on the platform. Uh, we've had a, a bunch of early customers that have been using it, you know, ahead of launch, and they've been really excited by it. So we're uh, we're looking forward to going live and you know bringing. Uh, bringing like a bunch of small business owners onto the platform and, and entrepreneurs and startups and uh, sharing it with the world. That's awesome. Um, so uh, you and Alex are uh, business partners, so you have a co-founder. Talk a little bit about how you think about like a really successful co-founder dynamic and what makes that work. Yeah. Um, and talk about your own dynamics. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I can only speak to our own dy dynamic. I haven't uh, had tons of co-founder relationships. So uh, look, for us, but we have like a great relationship. and. You know, for us, it's like it's like any other relationship. Uh, it takes work, like deliberate work. You know, a lot of the time we're in different time zones or uh, different cities, and so it's about uh, you know over communicating as much as possible, kind of creating like open time too, where you're not like going through agenda items and just can just talk about stuff, um, talk about vision and what you're thinking about, and you know planning for like the the distant future, uh, even if it's not actionable next week. And then uh, you know, for for me, it was you know, why I was really happy when I found Alex, and it took me a long time to find a co-founder like that, was the fact that like we, you know, we really come at, we have sort of the same vision and the same ambition, but we really kind of have mirror opposite skill sets and uh, in a lot of ways personalities. And that kind of meshes really well. I can see how sometimes maybe that, you know, can be challenging, but like, you know, for us it's worked really well. Um, because I, I can focus on you know, the, the business side of the company and, and the finance side and understanding you know, sort of how we can build stuff like with the sort of finance mind. Uh, and Alex, uh, his background was in technology and he can focus on you know, understanding like, how to build amazing product and how to build great technology that makes it all work like, really fast and really efficiently. And, um, and we come together and yeah, like we both, but we both ultimately want to solve the same problem. Both of us. You know, every day we wake up, we're thinking about like, how do we just make the best business bank in the world? And that's it. When you think about the future, five years out, 10 years out, how big is the vision that you want to really create for Roe? How big can this really be? Uh, really big. I mean, I think that the, uh, you know, I think that we're in like sort of a watershed generational shift moment right now. Like what I talked about earlier about, you know, the banks that, that have the most branches are not going to be the banks that win uh, this market anymore. That is like a, you know, is a, is a very large change. Um, we all know it's a big Big market. Uh, everybody here that's a small business owner uh, should go to row next week. Should go to row next week. Immediately. Uh, also, every one of you, you know, have a bank account. So it's not like a product that we have to like create and explain to someone why they need this, right? It's it's more just like create the best one. Uh, but yeah, like the market is, um, you know, uh, as large as, as we can find, basically. Uh, how many small businesses do you feel like you guys could uh, get, you know, over the next five years in America? I, I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot. Uh, you know, look, there are a million, literally one million uh, businesses, uh, sort of in our target range in America today. So, you know, we we want to stay focused because we want to understand, make sure that we understand our customers before we try to go too broad. Uh, and we want to, like, you know, one of the big challenges from from business banks is that people walk in and they feel like they don't understand their customer. And so, 
I think for us, it's like a deliberate path of you know, moving from different segments and making sure that we understand them properly before we go, go there. But you know, we aim to be like one of the you know, top 20 banks in the United States from an asset size by that point. That's amazing. I like it. As you think a little bit about um, the brand behind Row and what you want people to feel when they think about and see Row, especially starting next week, what, what's kind of the brand ethos behind it that you're passionate about? Yeah. So. Uh, the brand for Row is, you know, is really focused on, I guess, sort of like calm confidence is the way we like to describe it. Your finances like can inherently be stressful, and our goal is like to make them as as unstressful as possible. And we try to communicate that in brand. You know, for us, it's about simplifying something that, you know, can feel really complex and overwhelming for a business owner. You know, when you're you know, down sort of to, uh, you know, your last couple of months of runway and you're, you know, you have to go to a new fundraising round. It's like logging into that bank account is, you know, a little bit uh, not fun, right? And so, like, uh, try to just make that experience as, like, calming and, like, uh, stress-free as possible and, you know, and as easy as possible. As you think about the road customer, is it the startup? Is it the small legal firm? Is it the venture-backed company? Is it, is it all of the above? Um, give everybody a sense of who is the row customer. Look, for us, I think all those categories are, are places that we want to play. You know, right now we're really focused on tech startups and, and uh, e-commerce companies. Those are places where you know we we know we have the best product in the market and, and we can be the best pr- uh, provider for them. But like, yeah, for us, you know, ultimately, like our vision is about um, you know it's about small business broadly in America. You know, America is the best place in the world to start a small business, right? And like, there are so many small business owners in this country. And we want to be able to help as many of them as, as we possibly can. So let's shift gears a little bit to you, uh, incredible entrepreneur, uh, heads down, kind of in the arena right now. You have a 10-month-old daughter, and um, you're in it, right? Give everybody a sense. Uh, you know, one of the things I love so much about Everett is he's incredibly thoughtful, incredibly deliberate, you know, doesn't say something unless he's done the work and also never stops working. Give us a sense of just what's this roller coaster been like since, you know, so many people listening yeah. um, to the podcast, so many people here live are in their own arenas, building their own businesses, aspiring to be you, having raised $5 million off to the races and going after a multi, multi, multi-billion dollar massive category where the incumbents are just simply under-delivering. Yeah, it's, I mean, uh, we're, coming out of the, of the, we're coming out to market next week. So it's been, uh, you know, I haven't gotten that much sleep over the past couple months, especially with the 10-month-old. But, uh, you know, you try to balance it, right? And you try to um, never compromise, like, that part of your life. What, for me, what that meant was, like, literally cutting everything else out. Uh, like, all I do is, like, I, I work on this business, uh, and I try to be like a, a great parent um, to my to my daughter, and that's that's basically it. That's all I have time to do. And you know, even with that, like sleep, kind of takes a back seat. What are some of the rules that you live by personally? Like, are there certain productivity tips or tools you love or hacks that you found that we all should be using? Uh, I mean, for me, like the best time of my week, the most productive time of my week is like Sunday afternoons. Like, I try to plan out my full week, really think carefully about like what I have to do. Try to do sort of my, my own work during that period. When I worked for a, a fund, the CIO would call like all of his uh, sort of analysts and PMs every Sunday afternoon and go through their game plan for the week. And that's something like I try to do myself. Like now that I'm you know a CEO, I, I talk to my team, I formulate my own plan, and then that way during the week it's just like execute, execute, execute. I really like that. So on Sunday nights, you get your own strategy for the week down, 
and then you talk to people on the team and make sure they, they have a clear sense of what they need to do. Yeah. So that by the time everyone's in the office on Monday, it's like you're, you're getting straight to work. Uh, yeah, exactly. Sunday afternoon activities sometimes don't make it for people, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, give us a sense of how do you reset yourself? How do you catch your own breath? Is it sleep? Is it, uh, is it exercise? Is it something else? But how do you reset? What's the sort of outlet that you need to be your best self? I don't know. I mean, I, I really like doing this, honestly. Like, I, like, getting up in the morning every day for me, like, and, and working on and building this business is, you know, is, is what gets me out of bed. Like, that's what's invigorating for me. Like, I know that I, I, I try to take time to, to unplug, but um, for me, it's like really, it's really just progress. It's like kind of moving the ball forward, you know, is what helps me like sort of feel good about things and, uh, and relax. It's kind of weird, but. <laughs> One of the things that I've always found um, that I really admire about Everett is he is this sort of, I, I think of him almost as a duck where he's very calm on the surface, <laughs> but underneath he is a ferocious competitor. And it's just such a special archetype as a CEO to, to be as calm as you are, but as competitive as you are. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, thanks. Uh, I appreciate that analogy. Uh, I'll take the duck. duck <laughs> ducks are cool. It's a, you know, it's a good, it's a, a lot of entrepreneurs kind of wear their ambition on their sleeve and they're just guns blazing and that doesn't always instill the most confidence in yeah. people. And, um, you are incredibly poised, but the second anybody double clicks, you quickly see the ferociousness. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, look, I think for me, the, I don't know if that was just who I, who I am uh, or years of training helped with that. You know, when you're managing funds and you're managing a portfolio, uh, you, um, you inherently can't get too up or too down. Like every day you're either gonna have made money or lost money, and that's like every day of, of, of life. And so you sort of have to, you know, at first it's really scary and, and disorienting. Uh, you're like, oh my God, like I, you know, made or lost like so much money for other people. And then you realize like you just have to like be level and you have to, you know, the way you kind of manage the downs is you, uh, you don't let yourself get too like excited on sort of good days. Um, so it's kind of a great place to learn. And I know you were, you know, in that world for a while too before you started out uh, as an entrepreneur. It was a great place to like learn that sort of like emotional, uh, stability and conditioning and be able to, you know, just really, yeah, like focus on, you know, action points and objectives as opposed to, you know, being like freaked out or super excited or a mix of both, um, which kind of is always the case when you're an entrepreneur. Like it's never linear, right? It's, there's always, you're always either, you know, one or the other. I love that. And I do think it's so helpful to see that it is really rooted in your trading days where I always joke myself, um, when I started LearnBest, I was 23 years old and I was not as calm and as poised as ever it was. Uh, I always joked I was definitely on the roller coaster. The highs I felt, the lows I felt. And over time, I just learned to actually just take the, the, yeah, the, the like, average. Right. <laughs> um, and you'd quickly learn like the bad days were never that bad. The good days were never that good because on the other end of a good day is a bad day. And so you quickly just learn to kind of keep your head down and, and really stay focused. So as somebody who now is staring down the helm of the next decade of small business banking, specifically in America, yeah. but improve financial services. Give us a sense of some of your predictions about the future of our wallet and maybe you start in the small business arena, but then yeah. uh, just generally at large. Uh, totally. So uh, I think a lot is going to change in this space. You know, it's 
a space that has been historically dominated by a couple of companies that have gotten very big through acquisitions primarily um, over the past 20, 30 years. And the, the competitive dynamic is, is completely shifting. You know, in our view, the best product is what's going to win. Um, the product that gets the most customers, that uh, like literally understands the most customers as deeply as possible and provides solutions that actually help them as opposed to just sort of being a receptacle for money. You know, that comes down to rates, that comes down to service, that comes down to technology. And those are kind of the three things that, that really, you know, if you nail all three of those, like, you should be winning the category. Um, Let's repeat those. Rates, service, technology. That's it. Better rates, again, what Roe was named after, better interests, better technology, and better customer service. Yeah. And if you can leverage those three, you win. Uh, 100%. But I think, like, look, I think that the whole space is going to change. I think that, you know, the big banks, as we, like, look to the future... Really, the big banks become wholesalers. They are sort of places like, like wholesale sort of money centers. They're not going away, but they're not going to be able to understand the segments as well as companies that are really focused on them. All we do is small business banking. That's it. Nothing else. We don't do consumer. We don't do like corporates. Um, that is literally all we do. And I think that the big banks, you know, ultimately, like we partner with, with some of them. And that's how we are able to be, you know, FDIC insured. And that's how we are able to be like, you know, safe and scalable. Um, and I see this verticalization happening like all throughout financial services in general, uh, like powered by fintech. You know, I think from the consumer side to the business side, uh, even up to like corporate, the more uh, like this happened first in consumer, happened first with companies like Chime. But uh, it's a business model that, that makes sense, that is scalable, that is proven, that you know, has the blessing of the regulators. And in our view, you know, that's just what's going to power change going forward. In addition, like, uh, in three years, you know, we're going to have real-time payments in the United States. Um, that'll be rolling in sooner than that like in, on an interim basis, but the Fed will have it in three years. Uh, what that means is that your money can move kind of seamlessly between accounts. So you're never like, really tied. Like the, the notion of being stuck at one bank or tied to one bank you know, which has kind of been one reason why the big banks stayed big in this country, uh, I think is changing rapidly. And, and that's just going to have profound impacts on the industry in general. I love that. And I love, obviously, you've thought about this a lot, but I want to repeat something you said that really um, resonates with me, which is the big banks, particularly the big business banks that have been out there, kind of focus on all stages of the food chain as they a result. They have to. I mean, they're not, they're not, it's not that they're not clever, uh, but they literally have to by just nature of their scale. By nature of their scale. And as a result, you can come in and chip off um, this small business bank where yeah. you can absolutely nail it. Um, talk a little bit about your own vision for Row on customer service and support and how you plan to just make it better than everybody else. I always love the quote, it's no longer the big fish that eats the small fish, it's the fast fish that eats the slow fish. <laughs> um, and I think that is truly a course summary um, of exactly what Roe's planning to do. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, so for, for service, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's equally important as both of those two things that, that you mentioned. Uh, to us, we, you know, we just try to understand what we would want, right? What we, what we would want as, as a um, customer. And it's really just having somebody that, uh, that is there looking out for you. Um, you don't have to talk to them that often. You can talk to them often if you want, but uh, you, know, you don't have to, and that's the point. But that there's always somebody there who you know, like you know that person's name. It's not go to help desk and create a ticket and you'll get an email 24 hours later or you know you call a call center and uh, you know and then you get rerouted to another call center and then to another call center. It is sort of the you know the thing that I think people liked about you know community banking and you know sort of regional banking, um, that notion of having somebody that you know you kind of are familiar with. Uh, that's portable to like the digital layer as well. Um, and so for us, like that is sort of how we think about customer service. And you know that's kind of what we would want. We would want someone to call. Hopefully, we don't have to call them very often, but. 
we do, like that person kind of knows who we are. So I want to quickly um, transition to just a few kind of moments. And as you are starting to build out the team, what is the kind of culture you want to build at Row? And give us a sense of like, what do you think really matters for the team that you're, you're, you're going to be evolving and, and overseeing? Yeah, I think, um, look, I think first of all, like people on our team, uh, we have a great team so far and we're growing, um, you know, is a passion for the problem. So they need to understand that like, what we are doing has impact uh, and really care about our customers and you know, the impact that we're having on, on their businesses, uh, right? It's a, it's a force multiplier. It, you know, by us doing a better job, like our customers can do a better job with their businesses and ultimately like, scale and grow faster. You know, the second thing is, uh, is a sense of urgency. Like, um, time is now to do this, and we need to like, uh, run as fast as possible and build the best product uh, we possibly can and get it out to as many people as possible. Um, because uh, you know, we think that this is a, sort of a seismic shift in the way that, that people behave, uh, and those don't come about very often. And so we want to be poised to take advantage of it. I think that the third thing, and the most uh, like kind of from an individual perspective, are, are people that take like a lot of initiative. You know, we look for for people that really focus and are self-starting and looking for um, you know problems to solve or like solutions to create or you know ways to like help the business. Whether you're an engineer or whether you're a um, you know in sales or in uh, operations, there are so many jobs at a startup. Like I could literally hire like 50 people next week and still probably not have enough people to do everything that I want to do. Part of it is like okay, we have to you know narrow it down a little bit. And not can't do everything <laughs> we want to do. Uh, but part of it is like there's just there's just a lot of a lot of stuff that can be done. There's so much you know green space sort of uh, ahead of us, and so finding people that are going to go out and sort of conquer that, um, as opposed to like sitting back and sort of waiting for instructions. So last big question here, which is for uh, the best entrepreneurs always pay it forward. Now that you've been in the arena and as an entrepreneur for a while, what is the best advice you would give uh, to another entrepreneur just getting started today? So I would say if you're just getting started. Spend enough time thinking carefully about what you really want to do, right? Because you're going to spend the next, you know, five to ten years, or maybe longer, you know, doing this one thing, and you don't want to spend. You could easily spend like a month or like two weeks, like coming up with that idea that is going to dictate the rest of your life. And take that early part really deliberately, and really make sure that that is this is something that, the problem that you want to work on for a very long time. Because regardless if you think it's a big market, if you think there's a lot of money there, or you know it's hot or whatever, that, that doesn't matter. Uh, ultimately, you know that that wears out at a certain point. And if you're not like fully in it, and you're not like uh, fully kind of invested in you know that thing, um, uh, it's not going to work out. I don't think so. I would say yeah, take the time ahead of time to like yeah. really think it through. I love that one. I always tell entrepreneurs, um, if you're not a foodie, don't build a food startup. If you don't love fashion, don't start a retail company. Because the absolute truth is it takes a full decade. Um, I always say it takes 10 years to do anything well, 10 years. And that feels like a long time when you're one year into a startup. Um, but it truly does take 10 years. From start to finish a Learn Best, uh, I founded it May of 2007. We got acquired on March 25th of 2015, and then I had a three-year lockup. So it was literally a decade, top to bottom, and I think that you're absolutely right. And I and always, you came out and started and, another company. And, and then I came out and got back in the arena and started a new business. So uh, for everybody that's out there listening, I get to brag about Roe because I'm obviously a huge believer. For anybody who's in the small business space, 
Um, Everett and his co-founder, Alex, are so incredibly passionate about helping make small businesses here in America get access to better technology. In every way, small businesses fuel the economy. Um, that is a big part of our value system, um, is we believe in creating jobs and um, helping fuel America. And the fact that Roe, again, R-H-O.co, Roe.co, is the uh, small business bank that will be providing the most incredible services uh, to the entrepreneurs of tomorrow is just something I felt really passionate that I could get out of bed and back. Everett, before we go, anything else that you would want people to know about Roe outside of we're launching next week? I don't know, rho.co is the, uh, is the domain, <laughs> so let's just leave it at that. I keep joking that I'm I'm like, Everett, I'm in the boat and we're rowing. I'm like, no pun intended. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, well, Everett, thank you so much again for everybody that's listening. If you wanna check out more about Row, check out rho.co and join us next week uh, for the Founders Project with Alexa Von Tobel. Everett, thank you so much. Thanks, we're Alexa. so excited to watch great. you on this journey. Likewise. Um, and we're so thrilled, so thank you. Thank you all for listening. You can subscribe to Inks, the Founders Project with Alexa Montobel wherever your podcasts are offered.